and we're going to continue. So welcome once again to Christ Central Church. My name is Joe Crummy, and I'm going to be speaking today. And this is like a bit like the beginning of a new year, because church life is a bit more on the school calendar. So it's kind of like September is the new year. We kind of go to June. Summer is always a little different instead of kind of going January to December. And usually the first Sunday after Labor Day, we call it Vision Sunday, because it's a great opportunity to come together after summer and to kind of remember who we are as a church family and kind of where we're going and some different updates on that. So that's what we're going to do this morning for this new season of church life. And for some of you, this might be your first time here or your first time hearing sort of Vision Sunday. For some of you, this is about the 26th maybe Vision Sunday you've heard. And uh, thank you for persevering. And we are going to, uh, yeah, just share some very practical things, but also some of the heart things behind what we're doing. And sort of the context that we always want to share in all of these things, and we've been already this morning, it's really all about Jesus. And Jesus, who is, was here 2,000 years ago, Son of God, Son of Man, as we talk about all the time, God with us, came to bring us back into relationship with God, which was broken through sin. Jesus always gave this invitation for people to come and to follow him. So Jesus would say these great I am statements to people. He'd say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the gate. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the vine. And then he'd say, come and follow me. And it wasn't just come and follow me as in like, you know, kind of just like, well, we'll follow him, but we really don't know. Like, no, come and become like me. Come and be with me. And come and be like me, who's like the Father. And that's the context that 2,000 years later, Jesus is still inviting us to follow him. And many of us here this morning, we've been following Jesus. And there's that invitation again for us to follow Jesus and to become like him and to seek him and to prioritize Jesus and to really have just a different way of living here on earth, that we're now part of the kingdom of God. And as we follow Jesus, it changes our values, it changes our priorities, it changes all of those different things. And out of that really has come what our church is all about, and that's why it's named Christ Central, is because Christ is central in all things. And so sort of our tagline is this, Christ Central is all about making Christ central in our lives, in our church, and in the world. So let me just flesh that out for a minute. We're all about making Christ central in our own personal lives and in our families. So there's an ownership of that for you individually to say, yes, I am all about making Christ central. And that's a process, and that continues to go on and on. In our church, we're always saying, Jesus, you're, you're the senior pastor, Jesus. You're the leader of this church. This is your church. And then, as we've talked about so many times before, God sends us out into the world that we want to make Christ central in the world that we live in, that that's what we're about. So, in our dorm rooms, at school, on our sports teams, at workplace, wherever we might be. We, as Jesus followers, are bringing in his kingdom by how we talk, act, all of those different things. That's what church is all about here. And that's all the things that we are about. B 
being and doing are to try to fulfill that of making Christ central in our lives, in God's church, and in the world. Now, two years ago, I won't ask you. I might put you on the spot. Can anyone remember two years ago one of the things we talked about on Vision Sunday? It had to do with wires, an electric panel. Do you remember that? Thank you. Yes, thank you, Jackie. Well done. You got it. So Joel came and Gary backed it up, or one or the other. I can't remember which one came first. It was a glant duo. Had this picture of how God was saying this to us as a church. And I'm going to briefly summarize. It's powerful. In summary, God was saying through Joel and Gary, we've been asking for God's power. And guess what God's answer was? You can't handle my power. And we need to do some renovations and we need to do some changes. And Joel walked us through as an electrician of an electric panel and what needs to happen for renovations to take place. You got to go through it wire by wire. And Joel's saying, it's painful, it's expensive, it's time consuming, it's like extensive, like it, it's a big deal. And it's not a quick fix. However, if you don't do it, things blow up, things catch on fire, things burn out, things don't work. And folks, we listened to that. And it changed, really, what we did for that whole next year. And so we were very intentional to say, okay, we're going to take that very seriously. And so we went through a whole series on formation, if you remember. And Mark started in the book of Ephesians and how they kind of dovetailed together. Just our identity in Christ. And out of that, how can we intentionally follow Jesus? And we talked about a framework of life, how we are developing patterns and practices that in and of themselves don't change us. But they put us in position for us to be with Jesus, and Jesus is the one who changes us. And we kept going last year. We were like, hey, we're changed primarily when we behold Jesus. So we did a whole series on beholding Jesus. Like, we behold Jesus, we become like who we fix our eyes on. So what we give our attention, time, and all to, that's, we're formed. And so we're saying, look, we want to behold Jesus. And again, Mark's whole teaching through Ephesians dovetailed into that. And we began looking at, in these last couple of years, that whole, as following Jesus, we're in a process. We're being formed and shaped to become more like Jesus. Why? To give God glory and for the sake of others. And we had that King Shigematsu quote, the best thing you can do for anyone else is to become like, more like Jesus. Think about that for a minute. The best thing you can do for others around you is to become more like Jesus. And we've sought to take that very purposefully and intentionally to focus on that. So this morning, I just want to share some of the things just what we've done in other years. I'm going to start with some very practical things. We've been talking about renovation of the heart, renovation of our soul, and I'm going to transition now to talk a little bit about some physical renovations right here at Clark Street. And so that's why Ollie's making fun of me with my hard hat, but that's okay, because thank you, Ollie. You might need that in the next couple of months. So I'm going to actually walk us through very, so I know this isn't what you usually hear in a preach, but I'm going to give myself liberty to actually walk through some different things on very practical things here at Clark Street. 
So as you know, for the last couple of years, we've been planning, preparing, and what we thought would take place years ago, even months ago, has been like roadblock, 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 and we've had to go through mechanical drawings, electrical drawings, structural drawings, fire codes, all those things, more drawings, more permits, more everything, and I think we're almost there, but don't quote me, okay? So we're hoping that early in October, we're going to actually be able to get some physical things done over the next few months. So what I'm going to share with you, we believe in faith that it's going to happen, but we'll see. And I'm just going to walk through the order of how we're looking at doing things. So if we can go to the next slide, there we go. So the first thing we're going to be taking a look at is we're going to be doing the whole heating, cooling, and ventilation systems here on this whole floor and upstairs for the new uh, multi-purpose room. So if you're really, really hot this morning, this will help hopefully fix that. For those of you who bring your blankets in the winter, hopefully it will be a little bit warmer. For those of you concerned about air quality and all that, hopefully our air quality would be better. That's all what's taking place with our heating and cooling and ventilation, and that hopefully is going to be done first. The second thing we're going to do, and this is a slight change, is we are going to demolish and upgrade and get brand new washrooms. So ladies, for the lineup, hopefully we're going to help with that. For those, Exactly. You're, you can clap. That's exactly it. So that's the good news. Here's the bad news. For a season, there's not going to be any washrooms. So we're looking at eight to ten weeks, these washrooms right here, because we have to demolish them and we have to expand them. So we're going to move into the office space because we need more room. So it's going to affect the office as well. And for eight to ten weeks, they're going to be not accessible or usable. So this is where I start to go into we need some patience and grace and flexibility and everything. So what we're going to need to do, we're going to need to use the washrooms upstairs and we're going to have a wheelchair accessible porta potty in through this room. And I know, folks, that is not ideal. And if you can come up with a better solution, we are all ears, okay? So if you can think of a better one, but right now, our options are we don't meet for eight to 10 weeks, or we try to rent somewhere else for eight to 10 weeks. We love porta potties, they're great. <laughs> See, you've already been convinced. We agree, that's why we're going with that. We're like, it's hard to rent somewhere else for eight to 10 weeks, and we don't want to not meet for eight to 10 weeks. So just being brutally honest, it, there's going to be some inconveniences, and I've got a few more to throw at you as well, okay? We'll work with that. So that's going to affect our fireflies and our sparklers as well, because we won't have this office to be able to use. So again, what we're looking at doing is we're looking at the nursery, the fireflies probably being more out here in the lobby, and we're looking at some ways that we can make that a bit more functional, and we're going to keep sparklers upstairs because we know sort of our 18-month to four-year-old, they need more room to run around and do different things. So we're going to keep that, but we don't really have anywhere else for that nursery age. So again, it's not ideal, and for those of us in here, I'm telling you right now, if there's a lot of noise out there, I don't want us all looking out there. Behold, keep your eyes fixed <laughs> up here. 
and we will have to, and if that means some of you want to sit, look at all this room in the front row that you're not distracted. Please feel free to move forward. You can move the rushworse out of the front row and uh, while they're not here at the moment, and then you can start a new normal. Okay. Just kidding, rushworse, kind of. Okay. The next stage we're going to look at is we're going to be installing a lift. Yay! So for those of you who haven't been able to see the second floor because you can't get up there, so this is what, sorry, live stream, just bear with me for a second. So right here, there's a stairs that we don't use. The lift's going in here. Okay? So that's about as technical as I'm going to get. <laughs> that's where it's going. And so, but that means, again, some more demo. It means taking out those stairs. The lift will go there. It will give access to the second floor. And so we're really, really encouraged about that. That's been a long time coming. And then the fourth phase is the multi-purpose room up to my left above the lobby. And right now, that's an empty room. It doesn't even have a wall at the end. It's not safe. It's not up to code. It's empty. It's dirty. It's dark. We haven't been able to do anything but storage. That's our goal to have a room for like 50 to 70 people. It could be down to 10 people for things to work with kids, for youth, for during the week, for classes. Sky's the limit on what we could use that for. And with the lift, it will be accessible um, for everyone. And then the last stage is to replace the washrooms on the second floor they're not accessible, they're small, and we need better washrooms. So that's what we're looking at after we get the main ones done. <laughs> For a season, we won't have any on the second floor. Um, so folks, it's short-term pain for hopefully long-term gain. And we've kind of been wanting to do these things ever since we bought this building, and the pros definitely are this. It'll become much more accessible both for people here in our church, but also in our community. Hopefully we're gonna have a more efficient heating and cooling and a safer ventilation. It's gonna bring everything up to code. We wanna be safe, we wanna be functional, we wanna be welcoming. But as I've said, it's gonna require some patience, some flexibility, some perseverance, and it's gonna require some finance. So because of some of the building code things and that, we didn't know we were gonna need more washrooms, but that is, as our occupancy has been granted, as we've done other renovations, that's gone up, therefore we need more washrooms. And so it's a good thing, but that wasn't budgeted when we did our gift day and everything like that. We have to change the entryway where the office comes in for wheelchairs to get in. That wasn't budgeted for. So we've got some more expenses that we hadn't planned for. So what we need wisdom and discernment, and I'm going to come back to it when we talk more about prayer, is do we look at borrowing some money or do we look at really trusting God to provide? Because we probably need an extra 300, 350,000 that we don't have in the next three or four months. So just those are the facts. And... If Kanyanga can pray over some more phones, then we might be okay. <laughs> so we have, to, we have to make some decisions. Do we look at borrowing some money? And even that's difficult. So even if we go that way, that's God's provision because I'll tell you right now, no bank will loan us any money because we don't fit any of their criteria. So we have to go other means. So, that, so even if we go that way, we need God's provision for that to even happen. 
And so that's what we're wrestling through, and we're not quite sure, to be honest. Now, here's the thing I want to remind you of, and this is what I have to always come back to when we talk about giving and everything like that. Folks, first of all, we're giving to God, as we always say, but it's all about people. So it's not just these things. So I'm going to just tell a couple of stories. Is when we owned our first building back at 487 Brunswick Street, early days and continue on, we needed to do renovations. And the same sort of insurmountable things, even though it might have been dollar amount, might have been lower people-wise, we were lower, resources, we were lower. And people gave, and we did a ton of renovations, and we never knew when we first moved in all, all the things that were going to take place. And some of the things we took place were we did a drop-in center, and all kinds of things came out of that. And I was just going through this week <clears throat> thinking of people that when we did those renovations, we didn't know these people were going to be impacted or affected by those renovations. So, and we had the honor and privilege of being involved in these people's lives, and for most of them, we were involved in their funerals. So Snoop, not Snoop Dogg, but Snoop, White, Snoop, if you remember, Sonny, Greg, Carol, Frank, Patty Burns, and then I'm going to share about this because it affects things. This was made by our friend Donnie Acker. So Donnie, um, so all these crew, most of them had very difficult lives, some on the street, um, very difficult things, and through God's grace, through the drop-in, and through the sandwich run, and different things, involved in people's lives, and we're talking over years, and seeing them come to Jesus, become followers of Jesus, some, lots of ups and downs, and probably every one of them died earlier in life because of how hard their life was before Jesus, and we had the honor and privilege of walking that out, and being involved, and doing their funerals, and everything with honor, and dignity, and love, and Donnie really struggled, and so Donnie when we were at 487, he drove me crazy, to be honest. Because when Donnie was not doing well, he just banged on the door four or five times a day, wanting in. And at the time, I was the only person at the building. So I go down, and sometimes I let Donnie in, and sometimes I didn't. Every day. Every day. Every day. So when Donnie wasn't doing well, it was difficult. When Donnie was sober and had a relationship with Jesus, Donnie did things like this. He carved so many of these, and I think quite a few people in our church have them as a reminder to prayer and thanking us for our prayers. And this one was from February 2007. It's even signed by Donald Acker. So folks, I share that. Because when we did all those renovations, we did not know what was coming, but we knew it was about people. And I believe wholeheartedly doing all these renovations, and it's going to cost, and we're going to have to give more, and it's going to impact us. We don't know the Donnies and the Snoops and the Sunnies and the Carols that are going to come through this building, that through a journey and a process are going to find Jesus. It's going to change their lives. And folks, that's why we're doing these renovations. So just keep that in mind. Okay, thank you. Next thing I just want to share is our autumn schedule, and it's affected a little bit by the renovations. And so we have a handout. So at the welcome table, this is the handout you can put on your fridge. You can put 
on your computer, whatever, just to help you, because I'm going to go through a bunch of dates, but they're all there for you. Or you can take a photo of it if that helps you out as well. And so we've got our life groups um, restarting. Some of them met through the summer. And that's kind of our small groups structure that we have in our church life that meets primarily every week in different homes across the city. And it's a great way to connect and build friendship and grow. And I'm just going to ask our life group leaders if they can just stand for a minute. And then maybe at the corn boil, if you're not connected to a life group, you can find him. So we've got Dave and Suzanne back here. My left, Hugh and Krista in the middle. Ollie and Hazel over here. Passion, Rebe Passion's way, Rebecca's upstairs serving. Trevor is at the corn boil cooking the corn right now. So we'll find them later. Thank you. Have a seat. Oh, and Stephen Drusha, I don't think they're here today. So we've got six life groups. We need more, but for right now we've got six. And so please, by all means, contact us. If you're not in one, we'd love to be able to help you out with that. All right, in addition to that, we've got coming up. So last year we tried something different. We tried every month life groups twice a month, and we did a men's event and a women's event. And I think that was good. We did that September sort of to May, and we got good feedback on that. And we might come back to that, but for this autumn, we decided we'll do something a little different again. We're doing life groups most of the month, and then on the last Wednesday of each month for September, October, November, we're going to meet here at the building, and we're going to do more of a training equipping event that goes along sort of with the Sunday messages. So we're going to look at spiritual gifts in that in September. We're going to look at prophecy and hearing from God and speaking out God's word and some things about prayer in October, and whatever we run out of time in those two nights, we're going to do in November. <laughs> so we're giving ourselves some space. So again, the dates are up there, September 27th, October 25th, November 29th, and that's for everyone. So we, we shared with our middle school, high school group last night, that's for them. University crew, college crew, that's for you. That's open for everyone to come, and it's more, it's sort of less teaching and more we're going to try to do some things to actually we can find some things out and do some things together. So in addition to that, we've got a women's event Saturday, November 4th, a men's event Saturday, November 25th. And the main reason we haven't figured out January to June yet is because Mark's not back yet, and I'm not going to be here, which we're going to come to. So I was very tempted to plan all these things for January, February, March, and say, Mark, here you go. But I've refrained from doing that. We'll come back to that in a minute. All right, and then Kids Club. So that's for our kindergarten, grade five. That's for our own church family and for our community. We've moved things from Saturday morning to Friday night starting September 22nd, 6.30 to 7.45 p.m. here at the building. We're hoping that change helps our workers. There's Rebecca's back. We were just introducing the life group leaders, Rebecca, so welcome. And we're moving to Friday night. Hopefully that's going to serve our workers better, but also for our community. Um, we're hoping that that Friday night slot, so we're going to try that out for this autumn. We've tweaked things with our middle school and high school, which we call Fuel. We had our first one last night. We had a great night. We're meeting primarily here on Saturdays at 140 Clark, 7 to 8.30. We've got a handout for our, that group as well, and we've got pretty much um, every second week sort of a large group meeting, and then on the off other weeks, we're doing Alpha Youth starting at the end of September, and so that will include some small groups and just uh, great videos and great teaching, so we're looking forward to that. 
As I just mentioned, Mark's still on sabbatical, so he's been gone for July and August and is back now physically here in Fredericton, but coming back into his role in October. And then I'm working on um, taking my sabbatical sort of mid-December to mid-March. So just to give you a heads up on that. And then the last thing on this one, as we've shared, but we haven't shared as much in the last couple of months, we're looking at planting a church um, in the next couple of years. And so we're looking at uh, Mark and Debbie and team moving in right now. Again, we're looking at the summer of 2024 and people moving there. We're not saying the church starts right that moment. It, we got some prep time, but people physically moving to the Dartmouth area in the next year and working towards that church being built and established. So, if you're like me, as I was preparing this, I was just like, woof, this is exciting, but man, we have a lot more questions than answers. And this summer, as I was just wrestling through, what do we do this fall? And usually we start a new series and all those good things. It was just kind of like, I just kept coming back to this and again and again and again and again and again and again. We need to pray. We need to seek God together. We need to pray. And we've kind of said that the last couple of years, and I'm kind of doubling down and saying we need to keep praying and we need to pray some more. So what I'm proposing on behalf of our leadership team, and this is sort of the last thing for Vision Sunday, is in continuing with all the things that we already do for prayer, so we're praying Wednesdays noon here at the building, some of us are praying 6.30 on Zoom, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Gary blessed him into his fourth year, leading that, faithful, persevering, praying on Sunday evenings every second week, praying in our life groups, praying on our own, hallelujah, we're, all those things are going to continue. But what we're looking at doing is we're looking at doing, beginning today, a concentrated 40 days of praying together as a church. So let me just flesh that out for you. So from now, September 10th to October 20th is 40 days, and we're going to end things on that date by doing 24 hours of prayer together. So we're going to have sign up from 9 p.m. Friday night, October 20th, to 9 p.m. Saturday evening, we're going to take different slots, even all through the night, all through the day, and we're going to end with that. So that, to be honest, that is really exciting. I, I'm jumping ahead because I get pretty stirred. Okay. And what we want to do is basically help you. So we're going to send out some different prompts. We're going to send you out some different themes, some different things to help you, some different resources. But really, the main thing I'm asking, and this is the big ask, we're going to do some things together, but honestly, I'm asking you personally just to carve out some intentional time to pray above and beyond just for these 40 days. So we haven't added a ton of things to the schedule. We've added a couple things. And this is the scripture that came to mind. So we can move to that scripture from Matthew 6. Jesus said this. And when you pray, I love that from Jesus. It's not an option. And when you pray, 
Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray and stand in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So we're not doing any of this for show or to impress God. No, we're in Christ. That's what. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So I'm asking us to take Jesus very literally here. That we're not doing prayer for show. And we're going to gather some together. But I'm asking for us personally. Shut off our screens for a bit. Do whatever we need to do. But get alone with God. And God who is unseen sees what is done in secret. We always think what's done in secret. It's always a bad connotation, isn't it? God sees what you do in secret. This is a great thing. God sees what you do in secret when you call out to him, even if none of us see it. And God sees, and he will reward. Now, we don't know what those rewards look like, but he will reward and I'm believing and trusting that as we do that, God's going to reveal some things. God's going to speak some things. God's going to strengthen. God's going to give some guidance. God's going to give some new ideas. God's going to confirm maybe some old ideas. God's going to give us some direction that we just don't quite feel we have. And I forgot to say in that review, that whole thing about feeling like we're in the in-between these last couple of years, we feel like we're coming out of the in-between. We still don't have some clarity on things, and I'm believing God's going to speak to us in these 40 days together. And we've just entitled it, Go and Pray. So that's been the intentional part. But as we're going to see and speak into, as we pray, God's sending us out as well. So it's not a passive thing. It's a very active thing. And we're going to give some context for things. We're going to be praying for unity, for provision, for maturity, for going... And the one thing we've added, just for these 40 days, is we're going to open up the building Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night, 6.30, 8.30, whoever can come, just drop, you don't even have to come for the full two hours, you can come for 15 minutes, come and pray. That's the only thing we're adding in, because Wednesday night's primarily life group, Friday night's kids club, Saturday night's fuel, so we didn't want to get it too complicated, and we've got some renovations <laughs> happening that... We're not quite sure where we're even going to be. So that's why we just thought, let's just keep it. But we felt we needed to add something to be a bit more intentional and give some more options. So between now, October 20th, starting tonight, the building will be open, 6.30, 8.30, on Monday, on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And there'll be some things here to help you pray. Some of it will be together. Some of it will be on your own. And we'll assist you with that. And we're praying for unity. We're praying that we would have, be unified in heart and action. And when we're praying for unity to maintain it, we're praying that we're not in disunity. We want to be unified together. We're praying for, for vision. We need wisdom regarding some of these decisions. We need money. We need some resources. We need people and leaders. So we're going to be asking God and seeking, Lord of the harvest, send us some more labors. Lord, we need some finances and resources. Lord, don't know how you're going to do it. I was so encouraged, Kenyunga and Pam sharing this morning, like, God can do it in all kinds of different ways. And we're believing in our day and in our context. What's it look like 
to find a coin in a fish's mouth. That's what we're asking God for. We're praying for maturity. We're praying that God grow us in the fruit of the Spirit. Would you grow us, Lord, with people being saved and added to your church? God, we're praying that we would go together, that we'd share and serve and tell and invite in all the different ways that you have for us. Those are the things we're going to be focusing on and praying together. So in closing, the invitation's there. The invitation's to follow Jesus. The invitation is to be formed like Jesus. The invitation is that's all for the sake of others, and prayer is included in that. We're believing there's invitation to say we're coming and we're going to seek God together more together in these next 40 days. And we're trying to be intentional in how we do that. There's an invitation there for us when we pray. And we believe clarity is coming for these renovations, for Dartmouth, for the things that God wants us to do together. So folks, can I just say this morning, this is exciting. Like, as much as I sometimes honestly get stressed out about things, it's exciting to think, you know what, for the next 40 days, because you can think, oh man, I got another thing to add to the schedule. That's not, think of it this way. Like, it's exciting to think, I'm going to get to spend some more time with God. Isn't that like, that is it. So even if I don't hear anything, I'm just going to be with God. Like, God, I get to spend some time with you. And I know I'm not going to be the same 40 days from now, and we won't be the same church. And I believe we're going to see answers to prayer. And this is my prayer, and this is some of us who've been at the prayer meetings. This has been my prayer. My prayer has been this, that we would become a more praying church. Now I want to end, and maybe Taylor, you guys can come and join us. So this is what I want to end with, and this is very stirring to me, because we've been, as I said, praying into these things and asking God for these things. And unbeknownst to myself or to Gary, because we were both on vacation at different times. When we came back together at the end of August, Gary texted me at one point and said, I, I got to tell you about this dream I had. And Gary's like, I don't have many dreams, but this dream was really powerful. I want to share it with you. And I was like, okay, great. And unbeknownst to Gary, I had had a dream. And so when we got together, and it was almost at the exact same time, even though we didn't know it, but that's, I don't think, really relevant, but here are the two dreams, because they both had to do with prayer. And I just want to share these as, why don't we stand? These is, this is worth, if you're able. This is stirring. So I'm going to share Gary's dream. This is just from a few weeks ago. Gary wrote this. In my dream, I was surrounded by three to 400 people who were part of our church. We were gathered in a somewhat outdated auditorium use your imagination, all of us worshiping with a heavy sense of God's presence. I looked at my watch and I realized that the time was 7.30 p.m. and that we were in one of our prayer meetings. I recall laying on the floor looking up and seeing everybody in agreement with the song that I was praying. The agreements were very loud and fervent. And as we all continued to pray together and to worship Jesus, it was as if we spent hours in his presence. I happened to look at my watch again, and a mere 15 minutes had gone by. Whew. 
There was also the testimony of a young girl who happened to be playing drums in the worship team. She had been fully paralyzed all her life and was giving testimony to God's healing power who had partially healed her to the point where she was able to play drums but could still, but still could walk. She expressed her confidence in God. So that was Gary's dream. In this dream I had, I just woke up, I was on vacation, I just put it into my phone. I said, I had an incredible dream the morning of August 3rd. I was at a building preparing for a prayer meeting. And people, and I won't name them all, but I saw many of you. And others started coming in. And lo and behold, before you knew it, the place was full. And there was another room beside ours that we had rented that another church was in. And it was full as well. I looked in on our prayer meeting. Everybody was on their knees praying. And all I did was walk around. I didn't even have to lead it. I was amazed at the fervor and the excitement and the power and the passion of the prayers. And even though the other church meeting looked different from ours, God was moving there too. And I observed and watched some of the people in that one as well. It was all very encouraging and motivating and powerful. Now folks, we know not every dream we have is from God. But I'm going to take that those were God dreams that just lift our vision and stir our faith and reveal God's heart. I believe that's what God wants. And it's not just for us. Other churches, we want them full, praying, seeking God. We're in this together. So I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. We're going to respond to God to this invitation. So Father, we come to you. And your son Jesus said that your house should be a house of prayer for all nations. And God, we just admit, Lord, we need your help, God. But Lord, would you make us be a more praying church? Lord, would you help us, Lord, to be more intentional? God, would you stir us by your spirit, Lord? We want to be obedient, and Lord, we persevere sometimes when we deny the flesh and we crucify the flesh, and we say, I'm going to pray even though I don't feel like it. You honor that. But God, so much more, Lord, if there's a spirit there that's willing to say, come, we're coming together. We're here even before the time began and the room is full and we're praying and seeking you. God, we ask for that, Lord. God, we're praying for your kingdom to come, Lord, for your will to be done. So God, I ask, Lord, would you make us a more praying church? God, that we would seek you. God, that we would call on your great name and that, Lord, we would see you answer and reward as you're a mighty and faithful and merciful God. Lord, help us in these next 40 days, Lord, to hear your voice, Lord, together and individually. Lord, may you be glorified, and Lord, may others be blessed through the prayers of your saints. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.